0: Chapter 17 of The Wonder Clock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sophia Noel. The Wonder Clock by Howard Pyle. Five o'clock. Pussycat, Pussycat, what do you dream? Sleeping out there in the sun. The Red Cow and White Cow are out in the lane i guess the milking is done Pussycat, Pussycat, open your eyes and see what your kitten's about she's found a great rat hole that's close to the step and is watching for him to come out chapter seventeen the simpleton and his little black cat there were three brothers left behind when the father died the two elder whose names were john and james were as clever lads as ever eight peas with a fork. As for the youngest, his name was Casper. He had no more than enough sense to blow his potatoes when they were hot. When they came to divide things up between themselves, John and James contrived to share all the good things between them. As for Casper, why, the little black hen is enough for him, says John and James, and that was all the butter he got from the churn. I'll take the little black hen to the fair, says Casper. And there I'll sell her and buy me some eggs. I'll set the eggs under the minister's speckled hen, and then I'll have more chicks. Then I'll buy me more eggs and have more chicks, and then I'll buy me more eggs and have more chicks, and after that I'll be richer than Uncle Henry, who has two cows and a horse, and I'll marry my sweetheart in the bargain. So off he went to the fair with a black hen under his arm, as he had promised himself to do. There goes the goose to the plucking, says john and james and then they turn no hairs gray by thinking any more about the case as for him why he went on and on until he came to the inn over the hill not far from the town the host of which was no better than he should be and that was the long and the short of it where do you go with the little black hen casper says he oh says casper i take it to the fair to sell it and buy me some eggs i'll set the eggs under the minister's speckled hen and then i'll have more chicks then i'll buy me more eggs and i'll have more chicks and then i'll buy me more eggs and i'll have more chicks and after that i'll be richer than uncle henry who has two cows and a horse and i will marry my sweetheart in the bargain prut and why should caspar take his hen to the fair that was what the landlord said it was a silly thing to tramp to the river for water before the well was dry at home why the landlord had a friend over yonder who would give ten pennies to one that he could get at the fair first black hen now had caspar ever heard tell of the little old gentleman who lived in the old willow tree over yonder no caspar had never heard tell of him in all his life and there was no wonder in that for no more had anybody else and the landlord was only up to a bit of trick to get the little black hen for himself but the landlord sucked in his lips so well that was a pity for the old gentleman had said time and time again that he would give a whole bagful of gold and silver money just for a little black hen as the one that casper carried under his arm dear dear how Caspar's eyes did open at this to be sure off he started for the willow tree here's the little black hen said he and i'll sell her for a bagful of gold and silver money but nobody answered him and you may be sure of that for there was nobody there. Well, says Caspar, I'll just tie the hen to the tree here, and you may pay me tomorrow. So he did as he had said, and off he marched. Then the landlord came and took the hen off home, and had it for his supper, and there was the end of that business. An end of that business? No, no, stop a bit, for we will not drive too fast down the hill. Listen, there was a wicked robber who had hidden a bag of gold and silver money in that very tree but of that neither Caspar nor the landlord knew any more than the chick in that shell hi says casper it is the wise man who gets along in the world but there he was wrong for once in his life tommy pafouse tells me and did you sell your hen says john and james oh yes Caspar had done that and what had he got of it oh just a bag of gold and silver money that was all he would show it to them to-morrow for he was to go and get it from the old gentleman who lived in the willow-tree over yonder by the inn over the hill when john and james heard that they saw as plain as the nose on your face that caspar had been bitten by the fool-dog but Casper never bothered his head about that off he went the next day as grand as you please up he marched to the willow-tree But never a soul did he find there, for why, there was nobody. Rat-tap-tap, he knocked upon the tree as civil as a beggar at the kitchen door, but nobody said, Come in. Look, says he, we will have no dilly-dallying. I want my money, and I will have it. And he fetched a kick at the tree that made the bark fly. But he might as have well kicked my grandfather's bedpost for all the good he had of it. Oh, very well, says he, and off he marched, and brought the axe that stood back of the stable door. Whew! For Casper was bound to get to the bottom of the business. So by and by, the tree lay on the ground, and there was the bag of gold and silver money that the wicked robber had hidden. So, says Caspar, better late than ever, and off he marched with it. By and by, whom should he meet but John and James? Bless me how they stared! and did casper get all of that money for one little black hen oh yes that he had so good that was a fine thing and it should be share and share alike among brothers that was what john and james said and casper did not say no so down they all sat in the grass and began counting it out this is mine said john this is mine said james this is mine said john this is mine said james and where is mine said casper but neither of the others thought of him because he was so simple just then who should come along but the rogue of a landlord hi and where did you get all that says he oh says caspar the little old man in the willow tree paid it to me for my little black hen yes yes the landlord knew how much of that cake to eat he was not to have the wool pulled over his eyes so easily see now He knew very well that thieving had been done, and he would have them all up before the master mayor for it. So the upshot of the matter was that they had to take him into the share with them. This is mine, said the landlord, and this is mine, said John, and this is mine, said James. And where do I come in, says poor Casper? But nobody thought of him because he was so simple. Just then came along a company of soldiers, tramp, tramp, tramp and there they found them all sharing the money between them except caspar hi says the captain here are a lot of thieves and no mistake and off he marched them to the king's house which was finer than any in our town and as big as a church in the bargain and how had they come by all the money that is what the king would like to know it's not of mine it's his says the landlord and he pointed to john it's none of mine it's his said john and he pointed to james it's none of mine it's his said james and he pointed to casper and how did you get it says the king oh says casper the little old man in the willow tree gave it to me for my little black hen and he told the whole story without missing a single grain beside the king sat the princess who was so serious and solemn that she had never laughed once in all her life so the king said time and time again that whoever should make her laugh should have her as his wife now when she heard caspar's story and how he came in behind all the rest so that he always had the pitching like the tail of our cat in the crack of the door she laughed like everything for she could not help it so there was the fat in the fire for caspar was not much to look at and that was the truth dear dear what a stew the king was in for he had no notion of caspar as a son-in-law so he began to think about striking a bargain. come says he to caspar how much will you give up to the princess instead of marrying her well caspar did not know how much a princess was worth so he scratched his head and scratched his head and by and by he said that he would willingly take ten dollars and let the princess go at this the king boiled over into a mighty fume like water into the fire What? Did Casper think that ten dollars was fit for a price for a princess? Oh, Casper had never done any business of this kind before. He had a sweetheart of his own at home, and if ten dollars was too much for the princess, he would willingly take five. Sakes alive what a rage the king was in. Why, I would not have stood in Casper's shoes just then, not for a hundred dollars. The king would have whipped him right away. Only just then he had some other business on hand. So he paid Caspar his five dollars and told him that if he would come back the next day he should have all that his back could carry, meaning a whipping. As for Caspar and his brothers and the rogue of a landlord, they thought the king was talking about dollars. So when they had left the king's house and had come out into the road again, the three rogues began to talk as smooth and as soft as their words were buttered. See now? What did Caspar want with all the king had promised him? That was what they said. If he would let them have it, they would give him all their share of money he had found in the willow tree. Ah, yes, says Caspar, I am willing to do that. For says he to himself, an apple in the pocket is worth three on the tree. And there he was right for once in his life. Well, the next day, back they all trampled to the king's house again to get what they had been promised to caspar so caspar had come back for the rest had he oh yes he had come back again but the lord king must know that he had sold all that had been promised to him to these three lads for their share of money he had found in the willow tree over yonder yes says the landlord one part of what has been promised is mine and one part of it is mine says john stop a bit brother says James remember one part of it is mine too at this the king could not help laughing and that broke the back of his anger first of all he sent a landlord for his share and if his back did not smart after he had it why it was the fault of those who gave it to him by and by he came back again and he said nothing to the others of what had been given to him but all the same he grinned as though he had been eating sour gooseberries then john went and last of all james and what they got satisfied them i can tell you after the king told caspar that he might go into the other room and fill his pockets with money for what he had given up to the others so he had the cool end of the bargain and did not burn his fingers after all but the three rogues were not satisfied with this no indeed caspar should have his share of the smarting see if he shouldn't so back they went to the king's house one fine day and said that caspar had been talking about the lord king and he had said that he was no better than an old hunks at this the king was awfully angry and so off he sent the others to fetch caspar along so that he might settle the score with him when the three came home there was caspar lying on a bench in the sun for he could take the world easy now because he was so rich. "'Come along, Caspar," said they. "'The king wants to see you over at his house yonder.' "'Yes, yes, but there was too much hurrying in this business, for it was over quick cooking that burned the broth. If Caspar was to go to the king's house, he would go in fitting style. So they would just have to wait till he found a horse, for he's not going to jog a foot.' That was what Caspar said. "'Yes,' says the landlord, "'but sooner than you should lose time in the waiting.' I will lend you my fine dapple gray but where was the bridle to come from caspar would have them know that he was not going to ride a horse to the king's house without a good bridle over the nag's ears Oh, john would lend him his new bridle that he bought in town last week so that was soon settled but what about the saddle that was what caspar wanted to know yes how about the saddle did they think he was going to ride up to the king's house with his heels thumping against the horse's ribs and so he was no better than a plowman oh james would lend him a saddle if that was all he wanted so off they went all four of them to the king's house there was the king walking up and down fussing and fuming with anger till he was all of heat see now says he as soon as he saw caspar what did you call me an old hunks for i didn't call you an old hunks said caspar yes you did said the king no i didn't said Casper yes you did said the king for these three lads told me so crut said caspar who would believe what they say why they would just as life tell you that this horse and saddle and bridle belonged to them and so they do bawled the three rogues see there now the king scratched his head for there was a tangle knot for certain yes yes said he these fellows are fooling either caspar or me and we are both in the same tub for Matter of that, take them away and whip them. So it was done as he said, and that was all they got for their trouble. Wit and luck are not always hatched in the same nest, says Tommy Baffles, and maybe he is right about it. For Caspar married his sweetheart, and if she did not keep his money for him and himself out of trouble, she would not have been worth speaking of. And I, for one, would not have told this story. End of Chapter Seventeen. The simpleton and his little black hen. Recording by Sophia Noel.